You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Third down, inches to go. The Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback. He's got the quarterback. He's got the quarterback. He's Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a good thing for us just to keep us fresh. Um, it's hard to stop uh, any one of us, you know, when we come in off the field. When we come on the field on third down and we're able to rush the passer and, uh, you know, have, have, have our wind under us, have our legs under us, uh, it's hard for any offensive line to stop us. How good can this defense be with so much different defensive lines with the linebacker than I have in the second? Yeah, we got, we got a lot of talent. This is, I mean, uh, most talent I've, I've been a part of since, since I've been here. So, um, I mean, we can be as good as we want to be. Uh, every single level of the defense, we got Pro Bowl caliber players, all pro caliber players. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going we to be as good as we want to be. We can be as good as we want to be. Awesome soundbite there from uh, defensive lineman, team leader Kenny Clark there at OTAs. That came courtesy, uh, the audio came courtesy of Packers.com. Um, welcome into Packers Total Access. I am your host, Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can also email the show at Packers Total Access at gmail.com if you have a question, a comment. And we're actually going to hit to a listener question here as we wrap the show up today. But I thought we would kick off the show with that soundbite of Kenny Clark talking about OTAs and just kind of hitting on where the group is as a whole, you know, with the, with the defensive front. And uh, we kicked the show off uh, uh, like that so we could touch on some of the defensive linemen uh, contracts. That's been the theme here lately, and we want to use this downtime before we get into training camp to kind of highlight some of these things and these talking points. I, I would like for our listeners to come into the training camp uh, aspect of the offseason knowing where contracts sit at each position. And, and the good thing about these uh, episodes is that, you know, they don't really have uh, – they don't have an expiration date. You can go back and, and get this information. You can check by title, and you'll see we have edge defenders broke down. We'll have, you know, the title may say, uh, you know, the uh, wide receiver contracts. You can go back and listen to those podcasts, get the information as we go. But I want you to go into training camp with the an idea of the health of the roster from a contractual standpoint, and that's why we've been doing that. So today we're going to hit on the defensive line uh, group, like I said, and then we'll answer that that listener question. And we will uh, we'll get you guys out of here quick. We're not going to do a history segment today. I'm sorry if that disappoints you, um, but uh, we don't want to overdo that. I was going to cover Reggie White, you know, with this being a defensive lineman segment, but and I thought, you know what? Let's just let's talk contracts. Let's talk OTAs a little bit. Let's answer this question, and then we'll wrap the show up. And and obviously, we're going to have Jacob in here on Sunday. Looking forward to having him. Uh, in with us on the show, and, and we'll find us something good to chat about there. So let's go ahead and get this thing kicked off with the defensive lineman contracts. We're going to use the same format that we've been using. And again, this podcast, guys, I'm not here to try to sound witty, um, try to you know be funny. 
um, if you come away and something's comical, that's great, right? You know, and, and I like to have fun. I like to cut up a lot. Um, I'm a cheese ball like that. My wife tells me all the time, you don't have to tell me, trust me. She reminds me on a daily basis, okay? <laughs> but with that being said, um, I want you to come away from these episodes in a very timely manner with a bunch of information. I want, I want people to come away as a better educated Packer fan, because I'm telling you, as I'm researching this stuff to put together shows, I'm coming away a more educated Packer fan, and, and that's really the goal. So if you guys haven't caught on with my business background, the thing that I get the most passionate about when it comes to uh, the Green Bay Packers and, and the NFL and really sports in general, even baseball and, and other sports, um, I love the business side of sports. I absolutely love it. It's why it also allows me to not take things personal when, when it comes down to a a player not being at a certain camp or or an you know an owner refusing to extend a player that we all love and we would love to see a contract you know uh, unfold from a long-term standpoint but I'm always going to look at things from a business perspective and this is the stuff that I'm really passionate about it's probably probably the reason why I wanted to jump into this podcast uh this podcasting thing here in the off season cuz there's a lot of time to talk about that and uh I'm working on a format for the regular season and I'm really excited about it because we're going to bring you some content during the regular season. It's going to be a lot of fun. My goal for Packers Total Access, just to kind of give you guys an idea, is what I would do is like to create, where we're doing three episodes a week now, I'd like to create some kind of a format where you guys get a review of the previous game, okay? You get uh, where we can kind of break down, okay, what went wrong in a little more detailed manner, really dive into the, the box score, maybe some of the... Uh, some of the play calling, things like that. Um, maybe go around the NFC North a little bit and talk about, you know, what you know where teams finished that week and what the standings look like, stuff like that. And then we're going to do a segment where we're previewing the next game. And then I would love to get to the point where we could do a post-game show. And I got to chat with Ryan about this because I'm not sure if he's interested in a post-game show, but I think it would be really, really cool to do a Packers Total Access post-game show if that's something that Ryan isn't interested in. So we're working on kind of a regular season format. That's the reason I bring that up. Obviously, as we get into training camp, there's going to be a lot of training camp chatter to talk about. Um, there's also going to be, you know, as we get closer to cut down days, plenty to talk about there. And uh, and we'll always be taking listener feedback. And that's the thing that's going to be the, the lifeblood of this podcast. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to uh, to, to message us. And it's been really, really surprising. i got to be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm very, very uh, shocked. Uh, at just just how much support we've got and uh, I shouldn't be shocked because I know how awesome you guys are I know how our, our you know crowd uh, you know I say guys but that's just the way I talk I apologize to the ladies I know there are ladies that listen to this podcast as well and uh, we appreciate your support way more than the guys trust me okay I, I, I grew up in a house full of women um, you know my dad was a, a bit of a wildcat I'll just leave it at that but I grew up with three sisters I'm the youngest of, uh, of five children I had one brother that was already out of the house so I was left to fend for myself in a house full of women and I'm gonna tell you it really toughened me up people think guys are tough man you you be the youngest uh, you know the youngest boy in a house full of uh, sisters and man I'm telling you 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 become you learn to become scrappy real quick I'll just say that but with all that being said, we're working on that format for the regular season, and it's going to be a blast. So we're going to have plenty to talk to up to that point, and I'm really excited about incorporating Jacob uh, into the podcast uh, as we do that as well. He's just a lot of fun to talk to with kind of a, a kindred spirit, so I'm excited about you know uh, kind of uh, uh, extending that invite to him as we move forward, and uh, hopefully he accepts, and it'll be a lot of fun to, to build from the ground up. But defensive line, let's just jump right in here. 
first of all, at the top of the list, you know, when we talked about, I'm going to flip back. I apologize for the sound of the page here flipping, but I want to go back to what I had predicted for my defensive line uh, to make the roster. And what I had predicted is six defensive linemen. I had Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Devontae Wyatt, Jaron, uh, Jaron Reed. I, I don't know if it's Jaron or Jaron. I feel like it should be Jaron, but maybe it's Jaron. Oh, well. TJ Slayton and Jonathan Ford. I had Jack Heflin kind of on the bubble, not making the roster. But so when we look at this today, we're going to kind of come come at it uh, from that angle. Okay, we're going to look at the uh, the contract information with the uh, the idea that those six those six will make the roster. But I'm going to include a seventh there with Jack Heflin just to kind of give you an idea. So at the top of the list with the highest cap hit this year is Kenny Clark. And you know we you you guys keep hearing about voidable years, voidable years, right? That's something that's constantly talked about, and you're going to see it come into play right here. Okay, this is going to be the first position group where it really, really hits hard. We didn't cover the quarterbacks because there's really not a whole lot to talk about there, but obviously there's voidable years there with Aaron Rodgers. So as we look at Kenny Clark, this year's cap hit is 9.9 million. I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like that's very, very reasonable. Okay, a very reasonable cap hit for a guy who's uh, been a Pro Bowl caliber player, someone who grades out high in PFF year in and year out. He's been a dominating force there in the middle. I mean, you heard Matt LaFleur's reaction last year when they were worried about him being injured in one game. He was like, man, I I really, my heart sank there for a second because he knows just how important Kenny Clark is to this defense, anchoring it there at nose. And not only does he anchor it nose, but in pass rushing situations, he's obviously not just a big body that gets in the way and, he, and he's a two-gapper. He's a guy who can rush the quarterback. It might be what he's best at, to be honest with you. So at $9.9 million cap hit, he's got three years left on his deal. But here's a trick. There's two voidable years, okay? So I'm going to try to explain to you the best I understand voidable years so you can kind of get an idea of how it works. You, you know, you're either listening to this, you already know, or you have no clue how it works. Hopefully, I can kind of be a middle ground for you. Again, I'm no cap specialist, but I've studied on it quite a bit. And to the best of my knowledge, this is how it's going to operate. Well, first of all, with Kenny Clark's contract, okay? Um, again, it's, it's the year 2022 right now, obviously. we got three years left on his deal, so it expires in 2024. The cap hit for this year is $9.9 million. And the reason it's so low is because they tacked on two voidable years. So to the best of my knowledge, when they tack on voidable years, the way it works is they do it in the form of a signing bonus. When they do it in the form of a bonus, that player gets the money up front. But when you do it in the form of a bonus, you're now allowed to extend that bonus money over a multitude of years. But here's the catch. You know, like in this case with Kenny Clark... Yes, he's under contract technically through 2024, but the voidable years hit in 2025 and 2026. So his cap hit this year, we were able to lower it down, and that allowed us to sign Aaron Rodgers and get under the cap. This is before Tay was gone. Just some stuff that they had to do to uh, a little bit of housekeeping to make sure they, they you know, left yourself enough money, enough cap room to be able to function, right? So 9.9 this year, his dead cap is $28 million. So obviously that's a huge dead cap number. There's no way he's getting cut. Why would you cut him anyway? The cap hit in 2023 then jumps to $23.9 million. That's a significant jump. I mean, you're looking at $14 million, right, that the cap hit's going to jump there. 
Now, the dead cap that year is 20.8. So to put that into perspective, if you cut Kenny Clark next year or trade him, you're going to get out of, you're, you're basically going to free up $3 million in cap. Okay. 2024, his cap hit only jumps $1 million to 24.7 million. And the dead cap that year is 13.1 million. So to put that into perspective, if you cut him in the year 2024, you were going to free up $11 million in cap space. Okay. Now here comes the voidable years. With the voidable years, uh, for 2025, it's $5.4 million. So that means the dead cap that year is $5.4 million. Okay, well, well, that doesn't sound that bad at all, right? No, he's not on the roster that year. What that means is that's money we've got to pay against the cap. That's money that's going to count against the cap in 2025 without Kenny Clark on the roster. And then in 2026, it drops down to 2.7. Okay, so this is what we talk about kicking the can down the road and how voidable years work. How it's you're basically you're swapping the credit card. Okay, and and to to a lot of people that sounds like bad news, right? It's not an ideal situation. But what were the options? Let Aaron Rodgers walk, right? Do do you do that? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but quarterback is the most important position on the team. Now, remember what Aaron Rodgers' cap hit is this year, $28 million, right? So when they talk about $50 million per year, they're including the voidable years on the backside, and by that, it equals $50 million a year. But you got to understand, just like here with Kenny Clark, let's say that they do decide to cut him or they, they decide not to re-sign him, okay? In 2024, he's making 20, he's $24 million against the cap. Okay, if he walks in free agency, we free up $24 million in cap. The following year, he's going to be on the hook. The team's going to be on the hook for $5.4 million. So to put that in perspective, with Kenny Clark walking in free agency after the 2024 year, you're going to be freeing up $19 million in cap. So you can see how there's room to make this work. It's not an ideal scenario. Me being a guy that operates businesses off cash only, that's the way I operate business. I go in debt for nothing. I'm proud to say that at 39 years old, I am 100% debt-free other than my mortgage, okay? And I'm not going to get into too much personal detail. There's no reason to, but uh, it just amazes me how many people hear that, and they're like, how are you debt-free? I'm thinking, how are you so in debt? Like, don't, you know, earn it before you buy it. That's the way that that I had to learn the hard way. I wasn't always like this. but So it's hard for me to, to grasp the concept of, okay, well, let's just, Let's just, you know, push this money out into the future and forget about it, and we'll we'll pay the popper later. But you can see, that's a minimal situation there with Kenny Clark, arguably the best defender on the team, right? Or at least, you know, at least in the top three of, of best defenders on the team. So that's why when I see these numbers, they don't scare me. Like, that's something that's totally manageable, okay? So let's move on to number two on the team, which is Dean Lowry. So as we look at Dean Lowry's uh, cap numbers here, as I pull them up, Dean Lowry is on the hook this year against the cap for $8 million, okay? So Dean Lowry, <coughs> cap hit $8.072 million this year. If we cut him, there's a dead cap of 3.9. So essentially what you could do is cut Dean Lowry and free up $4 million in space this year. Now, he does have three voidable years on his contract. Those voidable years next year being $1.8 million, then $622,000, $622,000. Chump change. That's something that's not going to, again, if we, if Dean Lowry walks in free agents, we decide not to re-sign him, which a lot of fans would probably be okay with that. Yes, you're going to, uh, you know, they're going to apply that, 
that first voidable year at $1.8 million. But again, you're going to be freeing up $8 million, which was what he was against the cap that year. So let's say Devontae Wyatt steps into his role, right? And he plays that three technique primarily. And he's that second defensive lineman and what we're going to be in a nickel the majority of the time, right? Okay, well, I don't want to jump the gun too much here, but Devontae Wyatt's the next guy we're going to cover. He comes in at $2.3 million. So you cut $8 million off, right? You minus the $1.8, let's just call it $2 million. So you're freeing up $6 million in cap, and the guy who's going to be taking his place is only on the hook for two point three. You can see how that's so manageable. And I don't even think it's worth mentioning in 2024 and 2025 the $622,000. Now you're starting to understand why people like Bill Belichick or make these snide comments, and even Goody said it before. You know, Bill Belichick said it best. He said, man, you guys worry about the salary cap more than I do. And he's being honest. He's not just trying to be, oh, snippy and, well, yeah, we'll see. It'll come due. It'll come due. A.J. Hawk said it best on the Pat McAfee show the other day. He said, show me the team where it came due. Show me the team that is affected. And nobody can list the team. The Saints are the closest thing to it. And I'm sorry, they just reloaded again this year. <laughs> and not to mention with the media money, the, the cap's going to continue to go up. But forget if the cap didn't go up, you can see how this is manageable. And it's especially manageable for teams like the Packers who value draft picks. This is why we made 10 draft choices this year. Because you got people on the bottom of the roster that are making less than a million dollars a year. And they're going to fill one of those roster spots where Dean Lowry's going to leave. You understand what I'm saying? So that's something that, I don't know, man. I, I didn't like the idea at first, but I'm really starting to come around to the idea of voidable years, you know, in a reasonable manner, I should say. Okay, so now let's move on to Devontae Wyatt. We just, uh, the aforementioned Devontae Wyatt. We just kind of talked about him a little bit. <clears throat> I want to break down his contract. So on the hook this year against the cap is $2.3 million. That contract is now finished. He was a first-round pick there at pick, uh, what was it, 28? And again, uh, $2.3 million. So the thing about rookie contracts, there's really no way you can get out of those four-year deals. If you're cutting a rookie, there's really, I mean, like, let me just give you an idea. 2022, $2.3 million. Dead cap, 12.8. No way you're cutting him. 2023, 2.9 million. Dead cap, 10 million. 2024, 3.5 million. Dead cap, 7.5. So you can see you're losing money if you cut him. You get into the fourth year and the way this is structured, that's where literally, I mean, the dead cat, it's it's all guaranteed money. The first round picks are guaranteed contracts. So when you see a team, the only way it, it makes sense to to get rid of a uh, a guy on a rookie contract in today's CBA, you know, era is if you're going to get, you know, some kind of trade compensation back, which is going to happen very, very rarely. So when you look at Devontae Wyatt and the fact that he's, he's going to take starting reps this year, do I think he's going to be, you know, the the number two defensive lineman? No, I don't believe that. Not yet. I mean, he's really got to prove it. But the fact that he's only on the hook for $2.3 million and he's going to take over for Dean next year, like, and, and we're going to free up that money. You, I mean, you just heard, when Dean Lowry walks next year, we're going to free up $6 million. That's if we don't cut him this year and free up $4 million. Okay, so uh, I don't know, man. I just think it's uh, I think we're set really, really nice there. So up next on the list is uh, is Jaron Reed. I'm gonna say his name both ways, so at least I know one time I'm gonna get it right. All right. <laughs> so with uh, Jaron Reed, see how I did that? He's uh, only got a one year deal worth 1.7 million dollars. And so many people were like, "Wait a minute! I thought that was three million. Let me tell you why it was three million. Well, first of all, in 2022, 1.7 million dollars against the cap, a dead cap of 1.8. 2023, 
but he's got four voidable years. In 2023, $1.4 million. That's how you got the $3 million uh, deal that was originally reported. So dead cap na- or uh, voidable year next year, $1.4 million. 2024, 373,000. Uh, same thing in 2025, same thing in 2026. So the last three of those four voidable years are pretty much nothing to even mention. The 1.4 is uh, it's somewhat significant, but at the same time, this is, this is the idea going into this year. When people tell you that the Packers are not all in, you, you need to laugh. And, you don't even need to laugh at them. You just need to ignore them because they have no clue what they're talking about. These are the things they did with the voidable years to make sure we could build the best possible team to give us another shot at a Lombardi this year. Okay, so that's how uh, Jaron Reed's contract breaks down there. Up next, you got TJ Slayton. And it's always hard to find him because he goes by his full name to Daryl Slayton. And TJ Slayton is against the cap this year only $895,000. Okay. $895,000 cap hit. Dead cap's only two hundred and ten grand. Why would you cut a guy that cheap? You wouldn't. And he's a mountain of a man. He's a guy who's a traditional nose tackle. Okay, He's someone <clears throat> that you, if for some reason Kenny Clark gets banged up, then you've got Devontae White, Dean Lowry, and, and Jerron Reed um, you know, filling in as those uh, pass-rushing defensive linemen. T.J. Slayton would be your nose in that base, hands down. They would put him at nose. So, with uh, T.J. Slayton's, there's three years uh, left on his contract. Obviously, no voidable years. Just to steal, if they get any kind of significant, um, significant, uh, I don't use out of T.J. Slayton, then that's going to be huge. Because I'm telling you, that contract is uh, that's you see now the value in drafting players later in the draft if it is someone who can uh, contribute to the team. Okay. Now moving on to uh, Jack Heflin will be the next guy on the list. Jack Heflin is just a one-year deal, $825,000 against the cap this year. Again, that's a guy that just won't go away. You heard, uh, you know, Jacob and I talking about that on a past podcast, um, that he's a guy that just seems to always make the roster, right? I think he's got two years experience now, so he's heading into his third year, and that's someone who can prove to be very, very valuable when it comes to saving money on that defensive line. Um, and last but surely not least here, the number seven spot. Again, I had Jack Heflin not making the roster simply because, you know, like I was saying, it's it's going to be very, very hard for me to cut any rookies off of the on the final cut down because those four-year deals are so valuable, especially with the later round picks. Because like right here with Jonathan Ford, I believe he was a seventh round pick. Cap hit this year, $730,000. Next year, eight hundred ninety-five. The next year, $1 million flat. And then the next year, $1.1 I mean, that's something that's going to be so valuable. And again, he is brought in to do the same exact thing that TJ Slayton's going to do. He's a huge body to play, no, to play nose tackle. If you get anything else out of him, awesome. If TJ Slayton works on his pass rushing game and he can somehow play other spots other than the nose, Jonathan Ford kind of slides, slides into that backup nose spot that TJ Slayton played for Kenny Clark last year. Okay, And again, Kenny Clark, if one of these guys pan out, to play nose, whether it's TJ Slayton or Jonathan Ford. I don't expect Jonathan Ford to contribute too much. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. But if TJ Slayton does amp it up and he provides some kind of a value to the team, then that may allow them to move Kenny Clark around more freely on that defensive line, very much so like the LA Rams do with Aaron Donald, which you guys see with Aaron Donald now. And, and the, uh, the only bad thing about winning the Super Bowl, you know, he's wanting a new contract now. He's not due for a contract, but he's going to get one. Now he's saying he's going to retire. So 
Um, that's going to be an interesting story to watch. But I'm just so glad we got people like Kenny Clark. I mean, you heard the soundbite when we opened up the show. And uh, it, it, Kenny Clark is the leader of that defensive line group. And if you've seen him on other, on other uh, podcasts, I think he was on with Matt Ramage, which... I, just so you guys know, I'm a huge Matt Ramage fan. I love Matt Ramage's energy. I love what he brings to the table as a podcaster. He's just a guy that I respect a lot. He always has fun. He's doing it right, and he's being extremely successful with it. I love the uh, the mutual respect that both he and Ryan have for each other. Ryan was actually the one who turned me on to Matt Ramage. He a, he he mentioned it in the podcast and said, you know, I really like Matt Ramage's stuff, and and I was like, who's this? And that's how I found Matt Ramage. So it's just cool when you've got podcasters that actually uh, they don't let ego get in the way, and and they're always looking for a better podcast, right? And and typically people like that put out good podcasts, and we know Ryan does. So uh, with that being said, that's how the defensive line contracts stand out. And I thought it was a, a very interesting one to cover because there were so many voidable years involved, right? You didn't really have that much um, with the other contracts. Uh, we could have dove into it a little bit sooner, but I chose not to. But I'm glad we, we chose defensive line to do that. So when you look at the overall health of the defensive line room, you got Kenny Clark with three years left. You got Devontae Wyatt with four years left. You got TJ Slayton with three years left. You got Jonathan Ford with four years left. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not a coincidence that you've got two that are going to be effective pass rushers, or should, right? Because Devontae Wyatt was uh, was a, uh, a very stable defensive lineman there for that national champion Georgia Bulldogs defense. And you got you got Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt, and then you've got two noses, two traditional noses in T.J. Slayton and Jonathan Ford. Like, that's not a coincidence. You've got literally two guys that can play the three technique, and you've got two guys that can play the zero technique at nose. And I think that's huge. Now, Kenny Clark is going to be – I think put in a position to to maximize mismatches, and I think that's the way he should be used. But again, this is just the players that are coming back next year, assuming that we don't re-sign anyone else. Okay, so if you were to look at those contracts again, think of the money that we're freeing up. Now you've got some voidable years involved, right? But the money, like Jaron Reed, is pretty much push. Okay, when he's off the team, he he's going to account next year for the same amount of cap hit that he was this year with that voidable year. With Dean Lowry, you're going to be freeing up uh, $6 million next year. So right there, you're already $6 million ahead, okay? And then with the other one, Jack Heflin's roughly $825,000. we are not even going to call it a million. So you're, with those two guys, off, those three guys off the team next year, assuming they don't get re-signed, and I don't think they will, if they don't get re-signed, then you've got one, two, three, four, four defensive linemen. I think you should always carry six. Um, that way, in your 34 base, you've always got a backup at each position, right, in case you run into injury problems. But you're going to have $6 million to replenish those three backup roles, and I think that's huge. And that, it, another thing it does is it shines a big, big light onto Devontae White and how we really need them to hit on Devontae White. If they miss on Devontae White, okay, and I'm not speaking this, I don't want this, believe me, this is the last thing I would want to happen. But let's play devil's advocate for a minute and pretend like, okay, Devontae Wyatt was a bust, all right? Well, what you've got now is a very expensive backup defensive lineman at $2.3 million, and then next year it's going to jump. I think it was over $2.5 million, whatever it was. Um, you've got kind of an expensive backup defensive lineman, right? So you've got still $6 million to go out and re-sign to, to find two defensive linemen to fill your roster out. I think that's totally doable. If you go out and do another, you know, another situation like you did with Jaron Reed with a different defensive lineman, you could grab one of those and spend a significant amount of money, three, four million dollars, 
on a decent defensive lineman and you're reset and that might potentially be a starter for you seeing that Devontae Wyatt didn't, you know, quote, pan out just playing devil's advocate. So um, I think it's a good way to kind of look at the defensive line room. This is one of the more aggressive positions. Uh, I say positions because I do look at defensive line as one position. I think that's the easiest way to to look at it, you know, with edge defenders and, you know, so many so many websites that still screw it up, man. I heard people complaining about the Madden football game, which everybody's getting all hopped up. But I get hopped up over it, too. I really enjoy it uh, year in and year, year out. Um, I've been playing that game, gosh, since I was – I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think the first one I picked up was Madden 92. And uh, I played it at a friend's house, and I was like, what is this sorcery, dude? This is awesome. But anyway, they were talking about uh, that very thing uh, with the uh, with the Madden football game because they still list, uh, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle, left outside linebacker, middle linebacker, right outside linebacker. You understand what I'm saying? So, And really what it should be is edge defender, defensive line. Okay, edge defenders could be outside linebackers. They could be defensive ends. They're they're playing the edge, and whether you're playing a 43 or a 34, it's the same same position, same exact thing. I love what Wade Phillips said years ago for the Dallas Cowboys when he was the head coach. I think he was in I think he was in Dallas. He he might have been in Denver. I can't remember. I know he was talking about Demarcus Ware, um, but again, he went to Denver as a defensive coordinator, if I remember correctly. Uh, Demarcus Ware actually followed him there to Denver, but nonetheless, he said. Uh, he said, you guys talk so much about 4-3 and 3-4. Uh, you want me to show you the difference? And he stood up, got up from behind the table at the press conference. He said, this is 34, and he stood straight up, and he said, this is 4-3, and he put his hand on the ground. He said, that's the only difference. I think it's a little more complicated than that, and he was just kind of poking fun at the media. But, uh, yeah, it's important. I just wish these websites would figure it out to where they could put edge defender defensive line i was looking at one earlier and i swear it did the same thing it was it was showing right in left in i'm going that he's not he's not a right in he's an edge defender it makes no sense but there's a little mini rant for you so anyway there's your defensive line again we're bringing four players back next year there's some voidable years involved but i don't think it's anything we can't overcome you're basically looking at going into next year with six million dollars allocate that you had allocated uh to this year's defensive line um, the equivalent, you're going to have $6 million to apply to that same, uh, that same position room. And again, if they make draft picks then we know how, how that works, it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. And if they end up re-signing someone to an extension, when you look at that, I just don't see it. Kenny Clark, I don't think they're, exi- they're signing to an extension. Uh, Dean, uh, Dean Lowry, it's not going to happen. Jaron Reed, I guess it's possible if he really, really, you know, shows up, it shows out. The thing that I don't understand that I'm currently studying is how do voidable years work once you re-sign a player. So, uh, and just just kind of speaking out loud here, the question that I need to find out the answer to, and if you guys know, here's the thing, a lot of the listeners I've learned from, if you guys know the answer to this, shoot me a Twitter DM or send me an email at, you know, uh, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com and uh, explain it to me. But like with Jaron Reed being a one-year, $1.7 million deal, but there's four avoidable years on the backside, if you were to sign an extension and agree to it, um, can those voidable years just be picked up as that, that yearly cap pit as far as just like a normal signing bonus or once you do voidable years, you can't re-sign them? You know, the thing that that uh, Ian Rappaport said about, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers' contract was, uh, you know, when he was signed, they said, yeah, they've got those voidable years on the backside, but they can stretch that out over a multitude of years. And he made it sound as if they can still stretch it out. 
I've, I've asked Ken Ingles. I've asked several other people. Nobody will answer the question for me. If they don't know, that's okay. I just wish they'd say, hey, I, I'm not, I don't know the answer to that. But uh, um, I'd like to know if you, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers decides to play after that fifth year or when it, you know, whenever. Let's say right here a good example would be, uh, you know, like I said, Jaron Reed. Let's say he decides, okay, we do want to re-sign you. Okay, I do want to play here. All right, let's sign you to a three-year extension. What happens to those voidable year, that voidable year money on the backside? I think that would be something worth uh, worth kind of studying and, and understanding. But anyway, there is your defensive lineman contracts. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break. And uh, we're going to answer this, uh, this fan question, uh, have a little chat about it, and I'm going to get you guys out of here. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, on to the listener question. This comes from matthay99 uh, at gmail.com. Well, 9911 at gmail.com. It says, hello, Clayton. I've just caught on to your podcast and I'm really enjoying it. I am also a business owner, in quotations or parentheses says a small one, um, in North Carolina and appreciate your perspective. My question for you Okay, you left out a few here. Man, I'm such a horrible, horrible reader when it comes to reading emails. I cannot read this screen. It says, my question for you, you went on a bit of a rant about how Aaron Rodgers wasn't very talked about until Brett left for New York and then that terrible purple team. Do you care to highlight his production or lack thereof? 
to help put me at ease with the Jordan Love pick. Thanks. All right. First of all, thanks. Thanks so much, man, for reaching out, Matt. Um, I'll tell you this, dude. I'm yeah, it's Matt. Okay, uh, Matt. You know, the fact that you're a small business owner, that's exactly what I am, man. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's awesome to uh, have other listeners with uh, with kind of, uh, you know, like-minded backgrounds, I guess you could say. You know, North Carolina is not far away from me. I'm about 45 minutes from Asheville. So literally, you just cross one small mountain and we're in North Carolina. So we may be closer than you actually think. If that's the case, man, hit me back up. Maybe we can meet up sometime and uh, grab a cold beer and some wings or something. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, so... Here's what I mean about the Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. So I'm going to pull up a couple tabs here. I'm going to try to stay organized, okay? The big talk that I hear about Jordan Love and what I, the reason I went on that rant the other day, it's really, really simple. Everybody's talking like Jordan Love is a bust, okay? They don't understand why they drafted Jordan Love. Okay, well, they need to trade Jordan Love. I've heard so many people say they need to trade Jordan Love for a third-round pick now that Aaron's staying that long. Okay, when you look at Aaron's contract... You know, it's it's pretty much common knowledge now that, you know, it's year to year, okay? Aaron could retire next year. He has not said, I'm committed to playing for five years. You know, the contract is set up for, for uh, you know, in a way that it rewards him handsomely for him to stay a Green Bay Packer until he does retire, and I think that will happen. I think that's what Aaron wants. Um, I think that's something that would be best for the, for the franchise, and I'm totally cool with those voidable years when you're talking about re-signing an MVP, a multi-MVP quarterback, you know, the, the most important position on the, on the field, right? Um, I'm totally cool with that. But the thing that that gets me about Jordan Love, we're two years into this process, and one of those years was a COVID offseason, okay? He's played in one regular season game, and he had a short time to get ready to play that game. All right, so you're, you're basically telling me that you know more, not you, not the guys that are listening. I'm talking about the haters out there. And you may be listening saying, yeah, I do think they should trade Jordan Love for just a third or a fourth round pick and cut their losses. Okay. What you're telling me is that based off of one game of evaluation on a short week of preparation that you know Jordan Love isn't good. And I'm sorry, I refuse to believe. He may be the biggest bust since Ryan Leaf. That may be the case. I, you know, I can't sit here and say that he's not, right? But to pretend like we know that at this point is just silly, okay? And then when you look at the contracts across the league for backup quarterbacks, the value we have in Jordan Love's contract as our backup quarterback is, I'm telling you, it is huge. It's absolutely huge. But let's go back again. What has Jordan, let's start with Jordan Love. What has Jordan Love done up to this point in his career? He played, he started one game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he almost won that game. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Now that's like saying that you know you're the you're the the best smelling turd in the punch bowl, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes played horrible that game. I think it was because of our defense. The haters would probably say he had an off night. Nonetheless, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. He did not look horrible. I'm sorry, I did not sit through that game going we have no chance. There was a couple of times I'm like I wish he would take more shots, but you could tell that the game plan was don't lose it. Let's let our defense win this. Let's lean on the running game and try to win it that way. Okay, so with that being said, you're grading it off of one game. Jordan Love, one game. Now, it's obvious that who knows more about football? Clayton Bailey, the redneck podcaster from Tennessee, or Matt LaFleur, who's been in football his entire life, or, you know, 
Tom Clements, who's now the the quarterback coach back in back in Green Bay once again, or or whoever you know, name any of the coaches. Hey, Mark Murphy. Everybody likes to bash Mark Murphy like he's this bumbling idiot. The dude's a lawyer, from what I understand. He's a certified lawyer, and he's operated. The, if you could see what he's done with Titletown, you know he's not a, a moron. Like this guy is a great businessman. He played in the NFL for the Redskins back in the day. But yeah, okay. The redneck from Tennessee and every other podcaster uh, knows more about quarterback evaluation than those guys. I think that's just silly. And this isn't a shot at Matt. I think Matt's looking for a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of room to go. Hey, man, I want to like him, but help me understand, like you know, your perspective on that. So we're gonna do that. Aaron Rodgers. Let's break it down here. As you guys know, Aaron Rodgers was drafted. His first year in the league was 2005. Okay, in 2005, he played in three games. He threw 16 passes, and he only completed nine of them. Okay? And, oh, and by the way, he threw an interception that year, too. No touchdowns and an interception. He threw 16 passes, and one of those 16 passes was an interception. I'm sorry, but I feel like Jordan Love's already got him beat <laughs> at that stage in his career. I'm just being real. In 2006, Aaron Rodgers, 15 passes, no touchdowns. No interceptions. He completed He completed 6 of 15. His completion percentage was 40% in 2006. Okay, but I bet he ramped it up in 07. No, he wasn't playing yet. 28 attempts. He was 20 of 28, and he had one touchdown, no interceptions. So in, 20, or in 2007, okay, 28 attempts. Now, let's go back. We're going into the third year here. Based off of the statistics I just read to you and the lack of playing time, because for some reason people thought when they drafted him that they would trade Aaron Rodgers and he would be the starter by year two. I don't know what fantasy world they're living in, but in no way, shape, or form did I ever see that as being an option. I mean, yes, Patrick Mahomes took that jump, but you know nobody's saying that Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. What's funny is nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes until year two, right? It's just Josh Allen. Josh Allen was labeled a bust after his first year, right? So it's just way too early to be making assumptions like that. So based off of that comparison, Aaron Rodgers in, in his second year threw 15 passes and didn't throw a touchdown. His completion percentage was 40%. They were screaming at the same time Aaron Rodgers is a bust. And that you know kind of leads me to the comment I made the other day. If you guys will remember, I mentioned Brian Brom. Brian Brom was a quarterback out of Louisville who was drafted in the second round, pick 56 in the 2008 NFL draft, guys. He was drafted in 2008. Now, let's go back to the timeline with Aaron Rodgers. I just read 05 stats, horrible. 06 stats, horrible. 2007 started to show a little something, but only 28 passes, still couldn't get on the field. He starts in 20 or in 2008, and he came out and he played well. 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Do you guys remember when I said Brian Brom was drafted? After the 2007 season, in the 2008 draft, the Packers drafted Brian Brom with the 56 overall pick in the second round because they did not know if Aaron Rodgers was going to pan out. Now, you can hear Ron Wolf tell stories about how when he was sitting in on the Packers' practices that Ted Thompson nudged him and said, look, this kid's got it. He said that about Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely he did. Ted Thompson's seen it.
but to pretend like the media was just all on board, even after the six and ten season, it was like, yeah, well, it's funny, you know, Brett takes the team to the NFC Championship, and then the second he leaves, this new guy who's been sitting for three years, who if anybody should be ready, it's him. He got to sit behind a Hall of Famer. If he don't know by now, then they need to just draft another quarterback because he ain't the guy, right? You remember all that chatter now? And then he comes in, and the team goes 6-10 and 10 after going to the NFC Championship. I remember everyone saying, what a mistake. I can't believe they let Brett walk. I can't believe they traded Brett to New York. This is horrible. Um, you know, that, that Aaron Rodgers is not going to pan out. Look, he took the same exact team and went 6-10. and 10. But then in 09, what happened? The guy absolutely blew up. 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, 7 picks. I mean, it's... It's so clear to me exactly how that unfolded. And this is the same exact thing that's unfolding right before our very eyes. I mean, I'm not saying that Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers. But anyone who says that Jordan Love is a bust are kidding themselves. They have no idea how good or how bad Jordan Love can be. Here's the beautiful thing. What Ted Thompson 101 always said, and he was taught this by Ron Wolf. A lot of people don't know Ted Thompson worked for Ron Wolf in Green Bay. And then when some of the uh, some of the guys split, I think it was Mike Holmgren went to Seattle to be the head coach and the general manager. He took Ted Thompson with him to Seattle. And then when Ron Wolf stepped down, Mike Sherman briefly took over as GM. That didn't work out. Bob Harlan, which I'm going to do a history segment on Bob Harlan because what an amazing, amazing man uh, in the history of the Packers and how he restored Lambeau Field and brought him back to, to prominence. But he brung, Bob Harlan hired and brung back Ted Thompson as the GM, right? And that's how Ted Thompson comes back. Ted Thompson 101, which is Ron Wolf 101, which is actually all the way back to the Al Davis days 101. You draft a quarterback. This I'm talking about the good Al Davis, not the one that was off his rocker there towards the end. I don't mean toward the end of his life, but there in the in the early 2000s, he really went astray and got so infatuated with speed out there in Oakland that it was just unbelievable. But still a guy that's so important to the history of the game. I love I love listening to documentaries about Al Davis. What a character. But what Ted Thompson always said was, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. That's the best time. Now, I love, I think it was on the Legacy documentary, that when they were in the draft room and Aaron Rodgers fell on the draft board, it literally got to where they were almost about to make their pick, at, you know, uh, to be on the clock, I should say. Ted Thompson looked at Bob Harlan and said, Bob, can I speak to you in the hallway? He pulls Bob Harlan out in the hallway. Maybe we are getting a little history segment here. Here you go. This is on the fly. It's not going to be as professional as the others, but here it is. Pulled him out into the, into the hallway and said, listen, um, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best on the board. And that was always Ron Wolf 101. You always take the best player on the board. It's the reason he was so in love with Brett Favre is because Brett Favre was so high on his draft board the year before, and he didn't get to draft him. That's why he traded a first-round pick for this overweight, drunk redneck from Kill, Mississippi, who couldn't make the roster in Atlanta, right? The coaching staff hated him, was was hung over and missed the team pitcher. <clears throat> but Ron Wolf had him so high on his draft board, he wanted to go after him. So back to Ted Thompson and Bob Harlan in the hallway. Ted Thompson says he's the best on the board, and he, and he said, uh, what do you think? And Bob Harlan looked him right in the eye and said, Ted, this is your team. This is your call. Whatever choice you make, I back you 100%. And he told, he said, Bob, I need you to know 
that when we make this pick, it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. It's going to upset a lot of people. Does that sound familiar, guys? That's exactly what's happened with Jordan Love. Did it ruffle Aaron Rodgers' feathers? Yeah. I think we would all agree he got a little laxer for a few years, but what happened? They draft Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers wins back-to-back MVPs. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Because it's motivation. It's extra motivation. So you're killing really three birds with one stone when you think about that draft pick. What happened is they come up. Obviously, Jordan Love was the best player on the board. You see how they reacted in the war room. If you haven't seen that, look up that video. Watch Matt LaFleur, Brian Gudikins, and all them react to them being able to draft Jordan Love. So they, they draft the best player available. It's an elite position, right? So they get the best player available. They give extra motivation to their starting quarterback who had kind of settled in and just become eh, still a great quarterback, still a Hall of Fame quarterback, but not the pants-on-fire quarterback that we've seen, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win MVPs, right? And then on top of that, the third stone for me is you're getting a backup quarterback on such a still of a contract. I mean, it's it makes so much sense. And go back to that conversation that Ted Thompson, the late Ted Thompson, rest in peace, and Bob Harlan, a guy, I'm sorry, Ted Thompson does not get enough credit. He does not get enough credit for what he did for this team. I, and because he wasn't bolsterous and entertaining and willing to talk a lot at press conferences and wouldn't kiss the media's you-know-what, wouldn't chase Brett Favre around like a fan like Mike Sherman did. Because he didn't do all that stuff, he gets a little bit of a bad rap. But because he had that conversation with Bob Harlan in the in the hallway, which I think says a lot about Ted Thompson, he, he knew that Bob Harlan gave him all the right to make whatever decision he wanted to make when it comes to football personnel, the players on the field, the players in the locker room, right, even the coaches. But he had enough respect for Bob Harlan to say, Bob, listen, man, this is going to cause some conflict but I think it's the right move. And I think Bob even said, is it the right move? He said, he's the best on the board. You always stick to the board. And that's what they did. Doesn't mean the board's always right. But if you stick to the board and you stick to the scouting information, especially with someone who's so hands-on as Ted Thompson was, and lo and behold, Brian Gudikins is, you're going to hit on enough that you're going to be more successful than other people in the league when it comes to the draft, which is why the LA Rams are out spending a boatload of money in free agency. Worked out last year, may work out this year. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that's sustainable, but it's two different styles and to each their own, right? But to approach it from that angle in the small town of Green Bay with the lack of funding that they do have at times, I think it's huge. I don't think there could be a better marriage. And, and what happens when you do that? You know, I, I'm getting really excited about these rookie first-rounders this year because the last time we took a defensive lineman and a linebacker in the first round, they were B.J. Raji and Clay Matthews. If I remember correctly, it was the next year or the year after that they go to the Super Bowl and win it. I was just like, man, I don't want to tie, you know, just two positions together to a specific story and say, okay, we're slammed up for the Super Bowl. But when I heard that, I was thought, man, that's, that's so true. And it took me down memory lane like, God, I, I loved B.J. Raji. I loved the way Clay Matthews played. And you already see him with Quay Walker and his leadership skills. You can just tell he's he's a natural a natural born leader, even kill, cares about the game, cares about, you know, being the best at his his position. Devontae Wyatt seems a little bit fun loving, but is gonna gel really, really well with Kenny Clark and that defensive line crew. Kenny went on, I don't know if it was in that soundbite I played earlier, but he talked about it was actually on the front side of it that I edited out. But he talked about, you know, he said D. Wyatt, you know, coming in, I think he's gonna contribute. You know, he's he's got high he's singing high praise for him. 
and I have all the confidence in the world in these guys because of because of uh, Joe Barry. But uh, back to Matt uh, with the with the email. Um, thank you for the email. Hope that answered your question. Again, that's why you need we need to back up. That's why you need to just give it a little bit of time. Um, hopefully that puts you at ease. Because here's the only difference between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers in this situation right here. Aaron Rodgers is no longer threatening retirement year in and year out, right? But we've got two more years left on Jordan Love's contract with a fifth-year option if we want it, okay? So if Aaron decides to play past that third year, I think what would probably be the best thing to do is test the trade market in the offseason at that point, pick up the fifth-year option, and then trade him to the highest bidder. Okay, what I would personally like to see happen is Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think a best case scenario for me would be Aaron Rodgers plays for two two more years. They pick up the fifth year option. Jordan Love steps in as a starter if he's showing the coaching staff the same stuff that Aaron was showing them behind the scenes. But again, nobody was talking about Trey. I told you I ran it on the last episode about how the guy in Milwaukee, the sportscaster in Milwaukee, said there was constant trade buzz around Aaron Rodgers. B.S. What were they trading for? I just read the stats off to you. I just read the lack of playing time. I just read the fact that the Packers drafted a second uh, quarterback in the second round. What were? It just cracks me up how people they will make up stories to try to force their narrative, and it, it just it's unbelievable. But anyway, thank you for the email, man. Hopefully that puts your mind at ease. And again, guys, we want to do things a little bit different this time. I wasn't going to hit on history. It's cool that we got that little Bob Harlan, Ted Thompson interaction in there, though, because that's something that, that kind of stuck with me. And it's on the Legacy documentary. It's in Cliff Crystal's uh, uh, four-volume set here that I got on the history of the Green Bay Packers. It's called The Greatest Story in Sports. If you guys don't have that, go out and buy it. I think it was like $80, a little bit pricey, but I'm telling you it's worth it. Some images in there I've never seen before, and I've been a Packer fan for so long, since 03. And, uh, I mean, which I guess I'm coming up on, yeah, Coming up on the 20-year anniversary of being a Packer fan. That's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, um, cover the defensive line contracts. Hit on that listener question. Let's give Jordan Love a little bit more time. It, and don't get me wrong, it is a unique situation with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron's going to play five years, yeah, we need to probably try to get something out of Jordan Love in the next two years. Hopefully, the relationship is good enough that the front office can go to Aaron in two years and go, Aaron, what are you thinking, man? You're our top choice. That's how they should approach it. Not, uh, you plan on retiring? <laughs> don't, do, don't handle it that way, right? You go in there and say, what are you thinking, man? Do you, do you got three more years in you? You want to you wanna play this contract out? What are you thinking? And if he comes back and says, ah, I, it really needs to be year to year if that's okay, then I think you grant him that if he's still playing at a high level. And then you trade Jordan Love. But you don't trade Jordan Love because he's a bust and you, well, let's just go get us a fourth-round pick for him. We missed on that one. It's just so silly. It's such a lazy argument. It really is. So, um, anyway, hope you enjoyed that answer. Hope you enjoyed the defensive line contracts. I think it's kind of cool to look into that. And then we got our first taste of the voidable years. Again, guys, if you're listening to this and you understand the voidable years at a different angle, and I completely botched that, I, I'm, I'm I'm almost 100% certain that's how it works. But if you know something I don't, I am not above anybody, man. I am willing to learn day in and day out. And that's the cool thing about our listeners and the interaction on Twitter and just uh, communicating back and forth with you guys. I've learned so much from you guys already. And I know I'm going to learn so much more moving forward. So um, anyway, just uh, give me some feedback. Let me know if that made sense. Let me know if uh, if, uh, if I got something wrong, correct me, and we'll uh, we'll talk it out and figure it out together. But we're going to wrap the show up there. Thank you so much for your time. 
Um, really, really appreciate it. You guys could be listening to anything in the world right now, and you're choosing to hang out with us, and, and we don't take it lightly. We appreciate the support. That's the other thing. We're about to crack 1,100 followers on Twitter. I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. Some of you guys are sitting there with 10,000 followers going, yeah, rookie, you're probably right. But when I when I started a Twitter account, I thought, Man, if I just get a hundred or, or you know two hundred followers, I'll get a handful of people that want to interact and it'll help add to the show. Oh my God, dude, cracking eleven hundred followers now, and they're just you know avid Packer fans. To so the best of my knowledge, there's no bots in there, right? I'm not getting like uh, you know crazy messages in the DMs asking me to go to a triple X website to check out you know uh, JoJo from Beijing. Nothing like that. It seems like real Packer fans. It's just been really really cool. Right, uh, so uh, 1,100 followers. Thank you guys so much for that. If you're listening to my voice, you haven't followed me yet, hit me up on Twitter. Follow me. If I don't follow you back within you know a few hours, then DM me and say, hey man, give me a follow back. It just means that I missed the notification. But I promise, my goal is to follow everyone who follows me and uh, us keep up and just communicate. It's not on there to gloat and say, look at how many followers I got. It's about creating more interaction for the show because that's going to make for a better show. Because as you guys seen, that was really really organic there. All I did was read off the email. I paused the podcast, went in, looked at a couple numbers, and said, okay, yeah, I do remember this unfolding like that. All right, let's hit it. Bam. That makes for a good show. You guys add so much to the show, and I think a lot of times people sell themselves short. So um, thank you so much for your time. Like, uh, like I said, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with us. And as always, let's go out and be the change that we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go.